0: You know, it seems like in the marketplace, all we ever hear about now worries about the supply chain and it's centering now on Christmas gifts that are sitting offshore and can't be unloaded or toilet paper, building materials, baby formulas. But, you know, the first thing we heard were disruptions in the semiconductor industry. Remember the early stories about all the all those automobiles parked because they couldn't get the parts necessary? This takes us back to the conversation we were having with the chief financial officer of Texas Instruments, Rafael Lazardi, at least three months ago. And it's time to check back in again. And he joined us. Good to have you with us. Hi, David. Good to be here. Good to be with you. Well, I heard the earnings report yesterday. and, And tell me about the supply chain issue with you guys. Is it getting any better?
1: uh you know things continue to uh to be a little tight uh we have been uh, growing uh, our revenue quite a bit over the last uh, year and a half uh, so this last quarter we we're up uh, 22% compared to the same quarter uh, last year and uh and that's driven by demand in automotive and industrial and even personal electronics so uh, uh our inventories are are pretty low at 112 days um so they're about as low as, as they've been so things are Still pretty tight uh, with the hotspots and, and uh, that, that we're seeing in the in this in the uh, industry.
0: So inventory is at 112 days. I know you like to be maybe on the upside, maybe 190 days. Is it? Um, I mean, it, it's it's supply, I, I guess. Have you not brought on enough plants to to meet the demand, or are you reluctant to meet demand that may suddenly overnight disappear? <laughs>
1: No, you know we have been bringing uh, up uh, uh, additional capacity over the last year and a half. Uh, and in fact, you're you're familiar with our Richardson uh, factory. Uh, we are uh, finishing construction of a second factory there. It'll probably be done in about six or nine months. And uh, and as soon as that is done, we're equipping that factory and adding even more uh, capacity. Uh, we also just announced uh, or just uh, closed on a on a purchase of a factory in Utah. Uh, another 300 millimeter factory, so it's going to be our fourth 300 millimeter uh, factory, and that's also going to add capacity. But it takes time. That one in Utah, for example, we we closed the deal last week. It's going to be until uh, first quarter of 2023 before we actually have production there because it takes time to qualify the factory and get it get it ready.
0: So when it gets tight like this, can you outsource business? Are are there others that can that can help you fill the the demand void?
1: Actually, that, uh, that's called the foundry space when it comes to wafer fabs and TSMC, that's a Taiwanese manufacturing company. That's the, they probably have 60 plus percent market share on that space, but that's even tighter because they control a huge portion of the, uh, of the capacity. So we're in a, in a really good spot where 80 percent of our, of our wafers are built internally, so by our own factories. So we control our own destiny. We also, that also sets us up for better, better cost structure. Because uh, you know those are our own factories, the, the foundries, uh, the third parties—they do it and they put a, they put a margin on top of that, right? So, um, so we just uh, it just takes some time by the um, uh, to ramp up our uh, you know that additional capacity. Clearly, the demand has been has been unprecedented, but we always tried and uh, to be ahead of demand. Our business model is such, it's so good. The type of parts we sell that we, we want to have more capacity than we think we would need. Um, and that's our goal, has been, and will continue to be our goal. It's just the last year and a half really have been unprecedented on that front.
0: So where's the business? We've been talking for, I don't know, a couple of years about the the demand for automobiles, and, and now I think everybody's beginning to see that with electric cars uh, really becoming computers on wheels and and little electronics, uh, you know, Wi-Fi mesh systems. But I saw I saw somebody tear down a new iPhone the other day, and they found TI components in there.
1: Oh, so we we, uh, um, we are uh, in the iPhone. Uh, in fact, if you go back, I think it was a couple of years ago, we released uh, on our 10K, uh, if we have any customer over 10%, and, and Apple was uh, was it uh, a couple of years ago. So they are uh, they're a big customer. But we uh, we don't depend on any one customer. Even in that case, um, we are in essentially all of their products, and it's, it's not just one chip that we have with them. We have uh, dozens. But really, even though that is a good market and uh, that is a good customer, um, where we focus most of our efforts, uh, our strategic focus is on industrial and, and automotive space because we think that is uh, that's the better space longer term in terms of uh, in terms of growth, in terms of diversity of positions, diversity of customers. Um, so that uh, that's where we see the, um, the 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 better place to 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 put our bets on.
0: You know the other dilemma right now and we talked about this i think 3 months ago was we're hearing stories about these these people you know these companies needing chips so badly they're double ordering and then whoever fills the order they cancel the other one and then you're left stuck with inventory you don't need are you seeing that right now and how do you guard against that
1: yeah so it's it's impossible to see you never know the customer's never tell you where when they're doing that right uh, but it's also uh, relatively common right and that's just sometimes customers don't even know they're doing it right they just see a, a bunch of demand coming and they just add a, a little bit of buffer and and because they the supply chain is so complex and there's so many steps if everybody just adds a little bit of buffer uh, by the time you know one unit of demand at the front end becomes uh, 10 units of demand at the back end right uh, by the time it gets to us and even our suppliers um, the good news is one we are confident in the longer-term secular growth trends of, of the markets where we're in. So we don't get too uh, worked up about short-term fluctuations. Um, and, uh, and two, our business model is such the parts that we sell at are, are what we call catalog. They sell to many, many customers. They last uh, a decade on our inventory and our product distribution warehouses. So when that happens, when things soften and then our inventory levels go back up, that's fine. We can deal with that. In fact, we we will want to uh, to stock up our our inventories uh, when that happens, and and uh, and then we'll be ready for the next upturn on the other side.
0: You know, we 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 know firsthand maybe about consumers sort of panic shopping and hoarding, and suddenly finding closets full of toilet paper or whatever that maybe they don't need. Do your customers do this? I mean, can they can they hoard?
1: Sure. I mean, they can, uh, they can try. Um, and, uh, and early on in the, uh, in the upturn, you know, there was more ability for customers, uh, to do that. Uh, uh, as we have, as we have gone on and the, uh, the uh, hotspots have become more widespread, it's, it's harder for them to do that. We do our best, uh, to go through the demand and rationalize it so that we are, uh, shipping, uh, the parts where they're most needed, right. And try to avoid, uh, uh, shipping parts to anywhere where they uh, where they could be uh, uh, you know stock, um, and in fact, you know I think you're familiar that we um, we have moved to a more direct uh, model with our with our customers. Where two thirds of our revenue now ships direct to our customers, as opposed sure. to going through distribu- uh, distributors. That has helped a lot because distributors tend to uh, exacerbate that trend with uh, holding more inventory in the. In the tight times, and then draining a lot in the uh, in the lean time. so that that doesn't help.
0: But of course, you don't want to alienate a customer, though, do you? No,
1: yeah, cert- certainly not. But uh, we, you know, we we work with them, and and we have uh, processes to try to uh, rationalize the demand and understand uh, what's real and what what may not be real. I mean, for example, you look at a customer that they've been ordering a certain part, and I don't know, call it a hundred thousand units a month for the last three years. And all of a sudden they go from that to 400,000. And, you know, that's a sign. Right. And sometimes they, sometimes they do, they have a new project coming on a new, a new uh, application of some sort. But generally when that happens, our salespeople know they, that's their job to be in touch with those customers and know what they're, what they're working on and, and they can validate that. But it, if if that's not the case, then that's uh, that's a reason to uh, uh, to work with our customer and and rationalize that the demand feed a little bit.
0: All right. What one, one last question and one I know that 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 you don't want to hear. I first of all, I know that you manage this company for the long term, for for months and, and, and for years, and not quarter to quarter. But there was that's right. Decades. <laughs> okay. But there was something embedded in in Tuesday evening's earnings report. That caused your stock to sell off nine dollars, and I know you're not a stock market analyst or a research guy, but but what was it? Were you were you guiding the street lower on revenues, or was there some caution that you were that was embedded in there?
1: You know, you, you never know with these things. Uh, uh, if, if you look at the actual uh, official street expectation, both um, uh, for third quarter uh, actuals and for fourth quarter uh, forecasts. We actually uh, met and, and slightly exceeded uh, on both. Uh, but sometimes the real expectation, which is not written anywhere, but the real expectation is higher than what they actually put yeah. in the report. And then, uh, you know, when you don't beat by that much more, then it turns into, um, into uh, you know, uh, then you get the things that happen, on, you know, in after hours. And, and who knows what will happen today, right? The market hasn't opened yet. So... Uh, <laughs> But like you say, we don't worry about that. We're, that's not how we manage the company. Uh, you know, we want to be as transparent as we can be, as it makes sense, and let let investors make their decisions. Um, and, you know, we manage the company for the long-term, and, decades yeah. in, into the future, just to uh, for those long-term owners.
0: Rafael Lazardi is the chief financial officer of Texas Estrella, and our guest today. Thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, David. Thanks a lot. For more of our conversation with Mr. Lazardi, go to krld.com/slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.